بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم عمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوضا عظيما فقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور مهدثاتها وكل مهدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders This is the second of the my khutab the series called The Way Forward We need to look at the way forward because everything comes to an end and so will these difficult times that we are going through, insha'Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for an end to them, an end to them which is quick and which is on justice and compassion and with His mercy, insha'Allah. But it's very important to learn from what happens in the world to us and to those around us because as they say nations that do not learn from from their own history are condemned to repeat it so what do we learn from what is going on there is no guidance better than the kitab of allah in azdaq al-hadithi kitab allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned two historic events concerning Jerusalem. In Surah Al-Isra, Surah Bani Israel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَقَضَيْنَا إِلَىٰ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ فِي الْكِتَابِ لَتُفْسِدُنَّ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَّتَيْنِ وَلَتَعَالُنَّ عُلُوًّا كَبِيرًا فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ أُولَاهُمَا بَعَثْنَا عَلَيْكُمْ عِبَادًا لَنَا أُولِي بَأْسٍ شَدِيدٍ فَجَاسُوا خِلَالَ الدِّيَارِ وَكَانَ وَعْدًا مَفْعُولًا ثُمَّ رَضَدْنَا لَكُمُ الْكَرَّةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَمْدَدْنَاكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أَكْثَرَ نَفِرًا إِنْ أَحْسَنْتُمْ أَحْسَ فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ الْآخِرَةِ لِيَسُوءُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ وَلِيَدْخُلُوا الْمَسْجِدَ كَمَا دَخَلُوهُ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ وَلِيُتَبِّرُوا مَا عَلَوْ تَتْبِيرًا عَسَى رَبُّكُمْ أَنْ يَرْحَمَكُمْ وَإِنْ عُدْتُمْ عُدْنَا وَجَعَلْنَا جَهَنَّمَ لِلْكَافِرِينَ حَصِيرًا our Mufassirin and scholars have said 
First of all, the meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and we warned, we warned the Bani Israel in the scripture and the kitab, you will certainly cause corruption in the land twice. <coughs> and you will become extremely arrogant. When the first of the two warnings would come to pass, we would send against you some of our slaves of great power, great might, who would ravage your homes. This would be a warning fulfilled. Then, after your repentance, we would give you the upper hand over them and aid you with wealth and offspring, causing you to outnumber them. If you act rightly, it is for your own good. But if you do wrong, it is your own loss. And when the second warning would come to pass, your enemies would be left to totally disgrace you and enter the temple of Jerusalem. And this refers to the Masjid of Sulaiman As they entered it the first time and utterly destroy whatever would fall into their hands. Perhaps your Rabb will have mercy on you if you repent. But if you return to sin, we will return to punishment. And we have made Jahannam a permanent confinement for the believers, for the disbelievers. To give you the historical background of this, in 597 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he besieged Jerusalem and after a 30-month siege, Jerusalem fell and the Babylonians systematically destroyed the city and they destroyed the Masjid of Sulaiman which is called the first temple. And the kingdom of Judah was dissolved and most of the survivors were carted off as slaves to Babylon. The second siege of Jerusalem was 70 CE, so that is after 600 years roughly, a little more than 600 years. During which time the Bani Israel had prosperity and so on and so on. The second was the siege by the Romans and the general was Titus who would later become the Emperor Titus. He besieged Jerusalem and after a five-month siege, the Romans completely destroyed the city, including the second Jewish temple and enslaved and deported the survivors. There were no Jews left in Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem was thoroughly sacked by the Romans. Buildings, homes and walls were torn down, leaving the city in ruins. The level of devastation was such that Josephus, one of the Roman historians, he said that whoever visited the city after its destructions, after its destruction, could not believe that this city had ever been inhabited. In this period, which is mentioned in the Quran, the Bani Israel, who were the Khair Ummah of the time, they were the Muslims of the time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that they were living lives of disobedience and refused to repent. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed his warlike slaves, and in both the cases, the Babylonians and the Romans were polytheists. They were uh, mushrikeen, they worshipped idols, and the Bani Israel were Muslims. They worshipped one God. But Allah allowed them to do that and to destroy and enslave the Muslims. Now, very interesting to think about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say that this was because of what the people of Jerusalem were doing. Right? 
Jerusalem got destroyed. But Allah did not say it got destroyed because of what those people were doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is because of what the Bani Israel were generally doing where? Wherever they were on the earth. And the Bani Israel were dispersed all over the world. Now that is why many of the scholars have quoted these ayat and they have said that Jerusalem al-Quds is the thermometer. It is the meter which checks and tells us the health, the spiritual health of the Muslim Ummah. It's not Makkah or Medina, Jerusalem is the place which is the meter which tells us the health of the Muslim Ummah. The second dalil for this is the letter that Umar ibn al-Khattab wrote to Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas Both of them, one is the father-in-law of Rasulullah the other one is his uncle. Both of them are from the Ashar al-Mubashar. They are the, among the people who were promised, ten people who were promised Jannah in this life. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas was the general commanding the army fighting the Persians in the battle of Khatsiyah. That's a long letter, I won't read it here. But in that letter, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab said, protect yourselves and your soldiers. He said, I command you, because he was the Khalifa. He said, I command you to protect yourself and your soldiers. And remember, a, a number of soldiers, I won't say the majority, but a huge number of those soldiers were Sahaba. Sayyidina Umar is telling them, Protect yourselves from sins. Seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from sins like you seek his protection from the enemy because the sins are a worse enemy for you than the enemy, than the human enemy. And he then quoted these two ayat in his letter. And he said, otherwise it will happen to you like what happened to the Bani Israel as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Isra. He quoted the ayat. So today... A very difficult thing for us to stomach, very difficult thing for us to accept. Believe me, I debated long and hard before I wrote this khutbah, whether I should even speak about this. But I told myself that I am answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I have to answer Allah. And if I don't want to be in that position, I should not stand here. And so I wrote this khutbah. Today as we see what is happening in Palestine, we must reflect on the fact that maybe we are the reason that is happening. It's not because of them. We are the reason why that's happening. And just like excess cholesterol, right? To give you some examples. You eat these fantastic, fabulous, you know, meals which are very nice, very tasty, but huge cholesterol. Does that affect your tongue? Does it affect your mouth? Does it affect your stomach? Or does it affect your heart? The heart didn't eat anything. The mouth ate, it went into the belly, but the effect is on the heart. To understand this, therefore what we are saying is that things can happen somewhere, but the effect is seen, visible, somewhere else. Another one, to understand this logic. Another famous incident from the seerah of Rasulullah 
is the battle of Uhud. Where Rasulullah placed 50 archers on a hill next to Uhud. And he gave them clear instructions. He said, don't leave this place no matter what happens. Whether if you see us winning, don't leave the place. If you see we are dead and the birds are, vultures are eating from the bodies, don't leave the place. To contract the story, what actually happened? The Muslims won initially in Uhud and the archers on the hill who were under the command of Abdullah bin Juwayr when they saw the Muslims in the camp of the Quraysh gathering booty, they said, we will lose out. Battle is over. Let's go. Abdullah bin Jubair said, Rasulullah told us clearly, don't leave the place no matter what. They said, no, no, no. That applied to while the battle was going on. Doesn't apply now. Please listen carefully to the words. What did they say? They said Rasulullah's command is time bound. It applied at that time, doesn't apply anymore. Doesn't is not binding on me. So 40 out of the 50 left. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu had a battalion of cavalry right behind Ohad. He saw the archers. He said, My battle plan is gone. I can't attack the Muslims from behind. For his within quotes, good luck. The archers left. Khalid bin Walid and Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl they attacked and believe me medieval military history is my very great interest. I read a lot about battle plans. The worst nightmare of the infantry soldier is to be caught by cavalry when they are not in a formation. The Quraysh slaughtered the Muslims. 70 Muslims died. Including Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, Abdullah, including so many of them, right? And Rasulullah himself was grievously injured, very severely injured. Now tell me, who did the who did the mistake? Who made the mistake? And who got hurt? Right? Mistakes don't always happen there. Now you might say, well, why? Now this is my understanding of the seerah and of these ayat. Because when they make the mistake, this is all from the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ones who make the mistake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish them immediately. Because if Allah took them in the state of that mistake, they would go to Jahannam. So Allah leaves them to make Istighfar and Tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends whatever He sends on other people who are good people, not as a, not as a punishment, but to raise their darajat, to give them shahada, because they have been making dua for shahada. Allah says, oh, come. Allah gives them shahada. They are, they are winners. Allah gives them shahada. He gives the others the opportunity. You see what is happening over here. Oh my God, I am the one. I caused this thing to happen. It's my mistake. It's not their mistake. It's my mistake. I caused it to happen. I make istighfar. I make tawbah. Inshallah, Allah will forgive me also. And that is the message that I want to uh, to say to you. Then let us see what is happening today 
in Gaza, and Gaza is only one, huh? believe me. Gaza is top of our mind because social media, what not, what not, what not. How many of you remember what happened to the, what happened and continues to happen to the Rohingyas in, in Burma? Completely wiped out. Cleaned. For the same reason, gas, natural gas. Just living in, whoever survived is living in refugee camps in Bangladesh. How many protests did you see on the streets for them? They are not Muslim. What's happening to the Uyghurs in China? They have them in concentration camps. They are harvesting organs. Women have been systematically raped. How many protests did you see? Alhamdulillah. We should protest where we should, but don't think that this is only one. This is all over the place. It's happening. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending what he is sending, which is not punishment, which is rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to them. He gives them shahada. And he gives us time to change and correct ourselves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the tawfiq to make sincere istighfar and tawbah. And not to invite the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on ourselves. أقول قبل هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد أبرزن سيسترز الله سبحانه وتعالى سيدنا السلام إن الله وملائكته يسلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك أحمد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك أحمد مجيد. We are all familiar with this ayah of the Quran and we quoted so many times where Allah سبحانه وتعالى said إن الله لا يغير ما بقوم حتى يغير ما بأنفسه. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us not to spoil our own good situation ourselves. No great culture, no great civilization, no great country, no great nation is ever destroyed from outside by enemies. Never. It is destroyed from within. Allah said, indeed Allah will never change the good state of our people until they change their own state. Therefore, the first thing to do is to seek forgiveness and ask Allah's forgiveness and to change our ways. The purpose of forgiveness, the meaning of forgiveness is to change. It is not simply to say istighfar, istighfar, istighfar. No, istighfar means tawbah. Means we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, Nuh alayhi salam said, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُ رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدُكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا Nuh a.s. said, Seek your Rabb's forgiveness, for he is truly most forgiving. He will shower you with rain and give you wealth and children and give you gardens as well as rivers. So let us look at ourselves and say, therefore, what must we do? Now there are four things which are critical. Number one, as I mentioned, is to make istighfar and tawbah and make sure that we 
earn halal, we eat halal, and we fulfill all faraid. All that Allah has made obligatory, we do that. Three things. Eat halal, earn halal, because without that, the dua and the salah and the ibadah is not accepted. So that's the fun. That's like making budu and then salah. You pray without wudu, there is no salah. You are praying, but the salah is not accepted. Salah is invalid because you didn't make wudu. The wudu of the earning and the wudu of the soul is to earn and eat halal. So we need to clean up our act. Number two is dua. Never ever underestimate the power of dua. Yes, we protest. Yes, we send a letter to this senator or that person or that president. First of all, it's not in their power to change anything. We should send the letter because that's all we can do. But the one who can change everything and without whose permission nothing will change is Allah. And you and I have, every human being has a direct access to Allah. Allah said, So ask Allah, Allah will give us. Now in dua, three principles. Number one, is to ask, is to glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Focus on the glory and majesty of Allah, number one. Number two, express your own brokenness and your own helplessness. Believe me, that's, it doesn't take imagination. We know this. And three, ask Allah in keeping with His majesty and grace. Don't ask Allah thinking about, well, you know, I'm so weak, I'm so this, what can I, nothing. No, 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 no. I'm weak, so I'm asking. That is why I'm asking. If I wasn't weak, why would I be asking? Ask with complete certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is listening to us. He hears us. He can do. He can change our situation. So we say, oh Allah, change it because you can change it. Change it because you said you will change it. Accept us and accept our dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised to do this. And inshallah, we keep begging. Our job is to ask. Keep asking. Until when? Until we get it. Or until we meet Allah. There's no time to that. And don't fall into the thing, oh, you know, we made so much do, nothing happened. No. Keep doing. Keep doing. Number three, awareness. All of us should be aware of what is happening right now and educate us and educate ourselves regarding the history of this whole situation in the Middle East. And very important, it's not just a matter of educating ourselves and, and sending around messages. Educate others. The real people who need to know the true history of that piece of land, of the Holy Land, of Jerusalem, of Philistine, are the people who don't know that history. Most of us know the history. So do teachings, do seminars, learn and teach. The problem with many people is they, they claim to be uh, experts on the Middle East and you ask them, where is Jordan? They say he retired. Now that's not good enough, right? We must understand what we are talking about. Get the facts and then teach people. Alhamdulillah, at least in this country, people are willing to listen. People are willing to sit and listen to you and so on. So go and speak history. Don't go do propaganda. Don't. Talk about actual facts. Believe me, the facts are so clear that nobody who has any sense of justice, once they know the facts, that they can support the 
genocide that is happening there right now. And number four, get involved. And today, right now, the probably the best place to get involved is the BDS movement. Today, to date, this is the literally the most effective course of action. We have the right to buy or subscribe to whatever we want. We have the right not to buy what we don't want to buy. Nobody can force us. Exercise that right. I know that some of us therefore means that for us, for us it will mean that we will not use our within quotes favorite brands. So it will be painful. But believe me that is less painful than picking up the bits and pieces of your family after they have been bumped. Right? So forget about that pain. There is no pain. Let's show our sincerity by putting our money where our mouth is. Donate to the cause. Donate to people who are there, who are on the, on the ground, who are helping those people. And boycott products because that is in our hands. And don't make excuses. Don't say, oh, what does it matter if I don't drink one cup in, in Starbucks? You will be asked, what did you do? Allah will not say, how did the uh, earning graph of Starbucks, how was it happening? No, Allah will say, what did you do? I did what I, what I can do. You do what you can do. Don't worry about this whole thing of, so what? I, I mentioned this much more, in much more detail in last Juma's khutbah. So listen to that khutbah, but very clearly, right? And finally, next week I'm going to talk about that. There are structural changes in our thinking in terms of career goals, in terms of attitudes and focus and effort that we must make if we truly want to break out of this quicksand of humiliation that we are stuck in. We must change our priorities and must support each other and the efforts at creating long-term change. Inshallah more about this next week. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tawafana ma'al abrar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunna min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Rabbi qfir warham wa anta khairu rahimin. اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما عطيت وقنا واصرف عنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يضل ما وليت ولا يعز من عديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعليه وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رب الرحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عذو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله يكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا السلام